Welcome to Redefining Reality, where we live at the intersection of wellness, business, and the birth of a global tribe. So relax your body-mind, open your heart, and recognize that we are the ones we've been waiting for. Welcome back, my friends, to this week's episode of Redefining Reality. It's a good one. It's one with uh, a good friend of mine, someone I look up to, someone who I've shared a lot of growth with, a lot of challenge with over the years, and uh, we've been able to really hold each other. And it's been a beautiful, beautiful brotherhood feeling kind of bond. Anyways, we'll get to that shortly. We will get to that shortly. I hope you're doing well. I hope your day your week, your month, your season, your moon cycle. We just went through a full moon. I think I was definitely feeling it. The more I allow myself to feel and open up to intuition and open up to emotional flexibility, which has been the lesson as of late, then the more of that that I really see in my life and really can understand and work with. And so we've got a good one lined up. I will apologize before we get started that there is a, a hum in the back of the audio. We did our best to take care of it and to keep the voices nice and clear. So you may have to play with your volume during the interview to find that sweet spot where the hum isn't too annoying. And I really do apologize. But I wanted to release this because I feel like the content is worth the hum. Uh, or the content is worth the inconvenience, as it were. And so we're going to go ahead, we're going to release that. But before we get to that, I want to just thank some of the people, the companies that support the show. Number one being Audible. You can get your free audio book, audio trial for one month if you go to audibletrial.com forward slash Brian Hardy. Audiobooks are fantastic. I will say it before, or I have said it before, I will say it again. If you're on the go, if you're commuting, if you're working out, you're going for a hike and you just want to learn some stuff or be entertained or go on a journey through history, then Audible has your back. One of my favorite books, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself by Joe Dispenza, is a recommendation that comes to mind right off the bat. But there's so, so many and there's always new stuff getting put into there. So check it out and uh, I hope you enjoy it if you decide to sign up. And Amazon, whom I have an affiliate link with, but whom does not support the podcast, I learned through listening to Chris Ryan's intros that they are very clear that they do not support the podcast. They just give you a link so you can get a small percentage when people buy stuff through their website. So I've got that over at the blog as well that you can find. All the show notes for this episode are over at brianhardy.ca forward slash Bruce, B-R-U-C-E. Bruce. And uh, that's where you'll find all the good things that we're mentioning, all the things that we talk about throughout the episode. And uh, any links, any videos we reference, I'll have them all included over there. You can leave comments over there. If you've got questions, you want to have a conversation, just do it up. 
And that's what the, the comments are for. And if you're interested, I mean, you're listening to this, so I imagine you're interested. But really, the, the place that I live at and the place I'm most fascinated by is, you know, holistic high performance and holistic wellness and enabling people that want to do a lot, that want to accomplish a lot, that want to make the world better to do so without burning themselves out, without being overwhelmed and anxious and, uh, you know, depleting themselves. Because I've been there. I imagine you've been there. Many of us have been there. You know, we get so enthusiastic and so um, just excited with our mission, with our work, with whatever it might be that we forget to slow down and we forget to take care of ourselves. And so I have a private Facebook group that is all about that. It's called Holistic Hype, sorry, it's called Holistic Performance Hacking. And uh, you can find it, you can probably um, apply, rather apply to be entered into the group. Or if I know you and you reach out and you're interested, I'll put you into that group and we'll keep the conversation going. And last two things. So I've been working with my friend Blake of Gorilla Zen. You may have seen on my Facebook some video posting I did. Uh, his YouTube is where most of this is going down. But we working, we are working together to share our best practices around ketogenic living and dieting and really helping to shift the conversation away from one of a ton of bacon and a ton of dairy and uh, not a lot of vegetables, uh, back to something that's got tons of vegetables, right? Really, really, the majority of our plate is vegetables in an ideal world, and just enough protein to keep your needs met, right? People that say, oh, keto, 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 and then they're making like a, you know, cheese-infused, meat-filled pizza three times a week, Sure, they may be experiencing some of the benefits of ketosis, but that kind of food tends to be really inflammatory when it's not in balance. And so we're trying to bring some sanity and some balance to the keto conversation and really help people adapt their metabolism so they can thrive. That's what it's about. It's another tool in your toolbox so you can thrive. So if you're into that, you'll find a link. We have a free guide called the Keto Kickstart that I will be sure to include a link to again over at the blog, brianhardy.ca forward slash Bruce. And uh, that's about that. I want to let you get into this interview. I hope it's got some really juicy, good and golden nuggets for you. And we're going to wrap this episode with one of my favorite songs. One song that I recently got to sing along to live when I went to see Nako in Detroit two weeks ago. And that is Love Letters to God by Nako and Medicine for the People. One of my favorite songs, one of my favorite groups and artists. And uh, if you pop over to Instagram, you'll see I got to take a photo with Mr. Bear himself. And that was a dream come true. So without further ado, thank you for listening. As always, please spread the word. Please hack yourself. Make your life an experiment to see how much goodness and how much vitality you can infuse into it and pull out of it in the beautiful, ever-flowing, dynamic exchange that we call life. Be well. Um, 
Let's start. My name is Bruce, and uh, mm -hmm. Brian and I met a number of years ago in a Thai massage course. And, uh, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> give, give people the so, context. So he goes back, and uh, um, I've uh, used Brian as a as a resource for referencing my health and issues and so on, and we've just become very good friends. So mm -hmm. thank you for this. My pleasure, man. My pleasure. No, when we met, I felt I really felt like okay, this is like me. But just a future version, of <laughs> way me. in the future. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But so, young at heart, young at heart, young at heart. Right? So, so just you know, a little bit of history about me. I just turned sixty-nine years old. Okay. Um, I, my life is more interesting than it's ever been. Uh, I haven't been to a doctor in probably ten years. Um, and my path kind of went down the nutritional road about ten years ago when my wife was diagnosed with dementia, and I started to digging into what affects the brain and so on and so forth and discovered heavy metals and diet and all of this. And I just kind of kept on that path. Mm -hmm. um, so I started drinking green smoothies 10 years ago and uh, I just kind of kept diving in. And mm -hmm. here I am at 69 and I feel better than I did when I was 39. So this is, you know, this is really cool. And, uh, you know, mental, mental acuity and everything else is there. And I'm, I feel very, very blessed. But I also feel that there are that these a lot of what we're we're going to be talking about are, are things that younger people should pay attention to, so that they don't become sick when they're fifty or fifty-five and do nothing but kind of deal with health issues and go downhill. There's a quality of life aspect. I don't want to necessarily live forever, but I want to be really healthy until the day I I die. Mm -hmm. And, and I'm feeling the effects of uh, all of the, the vitamins and the minerals and the green smoothies and healthy lifestyle and, and getting curious about everything there is in life. Because mm. there's so much to explore. At, at my yeah. age, I'm having the adventure that I never had when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. That's what it's like. Yeah, no, no it's, it's been beautiful for me to witness, mm. right? And to see someone who's really doing it. Yeah. And he's really making the most of these golden years, as they call them, yeah. right? Instead of the, you know, the norm in our culture, which is to, you know, sit around and watch TV mm -hmm. or golf or whatever, you yeah. know, not anything against TV or golf. but Well, well the, the sad truth is I was in a men's group a couple of years ago. Thank you, Mantos. And uh, in this men's group, there was, it was very often there was kind of 20 odd year olds, you know, stumbling through life like the rest of us. But the one th the one thread and the theme that I recognized as I spoke with them was that they they all somehow on a subconscious level expect to become their fathers. Mm. And many of these young men, of course, their fathers were either abusers or alcoholics or neglectors, whatever it was. And they observed me at kind of 66 years old at the time, you know, going to ecstatic dance and having all of these interests in life. And they said, oh, I don't have to become my father. So, but I was really, I was really surprised with how deeply ingrained that idea was, mm. and and how they kind of woke up to, oh, I have choices. Yeah. So we all have choices that we don't sometimes don't even realize when we walk through life. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and first it's you know the awareness, right? Bringing awareness to that fact yeah. that you are indeed you know an individual who can uh, do different. Right, don't have to repeat the ways of the past. Don't have to act that stuff out. But then from there, actually making it happen is a whole other story, right? Mm -hmm. Actually being able to catch yourself when those subconscious patterns are coming in, 
mm-hmm. right? And to observe, yes. right? Create spaciousness mm-hmm. and be like, okay, no, I can see this. I can see this reaction. I can see this condition response coming up. That's not me necessarily. How do I want to engage? Right? Which is like not easy. Mm. Well, not easy. it's just practice, right? Like everything else. Mm. Life is all about practice. It's not about any end goal. Not, you know, never mind all the goals and achievements. When I when I achieve when I achieve this, I'll be happy. When I get the car, mm. when I get the girl, when I have the house, when I, you know, there, it's just nonsense. We're taught that you know it's it's all about the goal, and in in the process, we miss the actual being in 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 this in this process of life and the adventure, just of being on the path. Mm-hmm. So it's like you know, learning more about more about extrapolating more out of this moment and this day and so on and so forth, rather than spending all of my time in some future projection of something that I need to achieve in order to be happy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really just bring us back to where are we right now and how can I appreciate this moment of sitting here talking to Brian and really be present. Yeah, that's where that's where life really exists is right here. Mm-hmm. That reminds me of a quote from one of my favorite teachers, which is to fall in love with the process. Yes. Right? And be process-oriented in life. Because then you can never be disappointed, really. Right? Mm-hmm. If you're never attached yeah. to some particular outcome, yeah. you can never be disappointed. You can never, uh, you know, fail in a sense. Mm-hmm. Right? And be some sort of ultimate failure or whatever, whatever the label is. Yes. Um, because you're just present and you're just learning and you're just you know moving forward day by day, yeah. doing as best as you can, and uh, and being thankful for the just this opportunity, mm-hmm. right? That's the thing I always have to bring it back to is gratitude, mm-hmm. right? Just yes. like be present, breathe. Like we've got mm-hmm. air to breathe, we've got lungs to breathe, the air that we've got. Yeah. And, you know, bellies to be filled with food and mm-hmm. sunshine to feel on our skin and people to meet. And it's just yeah. like every day is such a gift mm-hmm. when we can recognize it. Yes. Right? But I think we've all been there. I've definitely been there in those places where all you can really see and focus on is what you don't yet have. Correct. Right? Yeah. Which just perpetuates itself. Or kicking myself for what I should have, could have had. Yeah, reliving. Either past. spending all of our time in the story loops about the future or the past, but don't don't really exist. Yeah, <laughs> coming up with all these fantastic, <laughs> you know, the best comebacks or arguments <laughs> or like if I would have just said this, I would have had that person or, yeah. you know, whatever the thing is. Yeah. Um, so we, we live our life, and you know, a lot of people live our live our lives in projections of the past and the future. Mm-hmm. We're worried about the future, and we're kind of, you know, sad about what we didn't do or you know could have accomplished in the past, mm-hmm. rather than just kind of being here with this incredible presence that that is available to us all. Now, I've been also meditating for ten years, mm-hmm. and and through that, and listening to Wayne Dyer and Eckhart Tolle and all of these wonderful teachers, who do talk a lot about presence. The the practice of meditation, and that can be a different slightly format for just about anybody, whatever it speaks to you, whether lead meditation or walking meditation or sitting, whatever it is, yeah. is still a really worthwhile to get us out of these loops and out of the busyness and just to kind of come into a space where we just kind of feel a calmness and then we just exist. Mm-hmm. And then we can carry that through our busy days without getting caught up in all of the 
the messiness around us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. To be in the world, but not of the world. Yeah, that's right. Right? Mm -hmm. not to, to, to ride the waves instead of be tossed around, mm -hmm. yes. you know, in, in somewhat of a storm. Yes. Um, yeah, it's a beautiful, it's mm -hmm. a beautiful journey. It's a beautiful, uh, you know, sort of mission, right? It's like this divine mission that we've woken up to. It's like, whoa, I'm here. <laughs> yes. This is crazy. <laughs> That's right. Um, and, and there's a richness in life when we're present that wasn't there before. It's only available. This richness is only available when we're really sitting and listening and connecting um, rather than kind of wondering about my laundry and the shopping and what, I, you know, what I'm doing next week. Or, you know, I'm truly present with you. Mm -hmm. There's a richness in this connection mm -hmm. that is available. It is beautiful. Yeah, yeah, and I don't know about you, but I found that some of the most powerful tools in accessing that richness have been like the plants, right? Whether it's some cannabis or mushrooms or what have you, you know, all these things that are getting more and more um, talked about, right? Cannabis is going to be legal next year, which is super exciting. Mm -hmm. And actually coming up this weekend, I believe it's this weekend, they have uh, the second, I believe it's the second annual, it's called Mapping the Mind with Mushrooms, I believe is what mm -hmm. it's called. Mm -hmm. It's like the Students for Sensible Drug Policy mm -hmm. at U of T are putting on this day-long conference. Yeah. 8 a.m., they're starting with Ganji Yoga in Queens Park. Yes. And then from there, it's just like a whole schedule of workshops, and they've got Dennis McKenna tele oh, yeah. telecalling in, mm -hmm. and like how to grow mushrooms, and like psychology of mushrooms, and... Yeah. All this stuff, like this is a mainstream educational institution, right? Um, which is really inspiring and exciting for me. Well, this is this is picking up the research they were doing back in the 60s with psilocybin and LSD and all of this sort of thing. It was becoming, and the results were so f profound, helping people with all sorts of disorders, mental conditions and anxiety and depression, Addiction. PTSD, and they were using MDMA, and, and they were getting such amazing results mm -hmm. that the powerful, I believe, pharma lobby convinced the government that these maybe should, you know, be scheduled as, you know, and, you know, maybe illegal. Yeah. Because they were, they were afraid of the competition. These are actually medicines that work when they're used in the right context, mm -hmm. and they have amazing things to offer. You know, ayahuasca has been a profound part of my life. And mushrooms is the same kind of energy. And these are, these are our teachers. If we treat them with respect as medicines, mm. not just goof off with them. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You know, when you truly treat it as a medicine, it speaks to you and shows me aspects of myself that I haven't discovered. Mm -hmm. Yeah, profound. Yeah. Well, and this for me is really exciting because, you know, we're both really interested in men's work, right? Mm. In personal evolution and that sort of thing. And so um, finding spaces, right? Creating spaces for these sort of ancient rituals, right? Rites of passage, initiation mm. um, for people to get into, right? That, that they give context and meaning and, and direction to our modern lives. Mm -hmm. um, and using some of these, you know, tools, some of these teachers, some of these medicines as a gateway, Yes. Right? Not many things that really excite me more than that. Mm -hmm. Like really the vision of seeing a group of men, maybe it's 10, 20, 50, who knows, right? And we're off in the woods somewhere and we're like training together and fasting and eating and, you know, being men, right? And going through these ordeals, going through these rites of passage in order to 
you know, step more fully into sovereignty, right? And getting back to how we started and talking about, you know, not having to become the father, mm -hmm. right? Claiming your sovereignty as a, an individual, as a, a conscious creator mm -hmm. to choose your own path, right? There's a lot of lost men, and, and part of it is, you know, rather than have a community of men that we relate to, uh, society has taught us to compete. And especially men against men, you know, it's always, you know, he's got the bigger, better, faster car or whatever it is, and I need to compete with him and compare myself and all of this. And all of these modules that we've been taught in society are actually ways that we get separated from one another. And so this, this mankind project type of synergy, you know, we're just starting to rediscover that. But I, I look around and I see a lot of men are just very, very lost. Mm -hmm. and, and women as well. Mm -hmm. It's societal. But this is because of all the, what we've been taught about competition and yeah. separating. And yeah. We need to let that go and stop comparing and honor each individual, all seven and a half billion of us, as unique entities walking through life. It's, we can't compare ourselves to anyone else. Mm -hmm. I am unique. You are unique. To think that I'm kind of have, that I can project what's going on in your head or what your judgments are about me and all this sort of nonsense is really, it is nonsense. Well, yeah, it's slippery territory. Mm -hmm. Slippery territory, right? And I do, mm -hmm. I do identify with sort of, you know, the idea of archetypes, mm -hmm. right? In the sort of unconscious, right? That we can all tap into and relate to and in that sense have um you know similar experiences and similar insights and similar challenges um but it's still coming through the lens of your life experience or of my life experience yes, right it's so contextual that, yeah so it's always colored in a certain way mm -hmm. right um which makes it tricky which makes it tricky and just, I'm just, you know, sort of thinking out loud, but in, in terms of how do you design, how do you systematize personal transformation in a sense? Because mm. I feel like if it's going to reach the critical mass or a critical scale, there needs to be protocols and there needs to be, um, you know, standard operating procedure in a sense mm -hmm. um, that can reliably bring about, you know, shifts in consciousness and shifts in insight. Mm -hmm. um, but do so in a way that, rep that, that respects the individual journey, mm -hmm. right? That's right. Which I'm certain is possible mm -hmm. and is happening currently, you know. Well, there are more and more men's groups around and, you know, Mankind Project and all these sort of things that typically teach men that it's, it's okay to kind of share mm -hmm. with other men and to be vulnerable with other men. You know, we don't have to be this big, mm -hmm. you know, the warrior. I mean, I le learned in Buddhism, you know, about the warrior. Mm. And the warrior isn't necessarily the guy with the sword. You know, the, the true bravery comes when we open our hearts mm. and we can be ourselves and be vulnerable and kind of say, here I am, like me or not. Mm -hmm. you know? and, and in that space, then we allow people in and they respond in kind. Mm -hmm. that's, my, that's my take. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I think it's both sides, right? It's both mm -hmm. sides. It's like, on one hand, yeah, how how compassionate, how tender can you be? How soft can you be? Right? How much can you trust in life? Mm -hmm. um, and be open and be, you know, uh, courageous, mm -hmm. right? Which is like courage. I forget what it 
I think it has some Latin roots to the heart, or I'm not certain, but mm. courage, courage, it's a little bit controlling rage. Anyways, we'll Google it. Yeah, well, there's courage, there's corazón, and corazón mm. is heart in Spanish. Anyways, mm-hmm. um, so that's the one side. But then the other side is, you know, to be trained and to be strong and to be able to react with decisiveness, right, and, and, and force when needed. Yes. Right? It's interesting. I look around at, you know, my generation and, you know, we haven't really been in a time where that was needed or called for. It's been like peacetime, at least in North America. Yes. Right? Uh, and we were speaking earlier during dinner, you know, about how that's changing. That seems to be changing quite quickly. You know, mm-hmm. things are speeding up and things are breaking down. There are a lot right. of things changing in the earth right now, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The peak of a climate cycle or the peak of a financial cycle. Mm-hmm. Uh, the climate, it's uh, like everything is coming to a head right now. And this is really uh, kind of feels like they, you know, some people call it the apocalypse. And, uh, but they, they kind of don't know the real meaning of apocalypse. And then what the apocalypse really means is just a cleansing. It's getting rid mm-hmm. of all of these, all of these horrible energies that don't serve us anymore. So we can come up, we can have a fresh start. Yeah, move up a level. Correct, yeah. Mm-hmm. And luckily we have things like the internet these days so to kind of have this this revolution that is going to be kind of a bloodless revolution and the world is changing and we can we can determine our own destiny now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there are many, many things changing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With some, probably some rough spots along the way, but coming out the other side, this is our opportunity to really, you know, Morph into a different human race. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm seeing, mm-hmm. right? And that's yeah. what, as much as you know, people can look at the negatives and think, "Oh, it's all going to shit," or you know, whatever. There's also so much amazing stuff happening, yeah, right? Yes. People creating things, people being inventive. Yeah. Um, I know we were talking about about cryptocurrency mm-hmm. and that whole revolution, mm-hmm. yes. which we can dive into a little bit, sure. sort of you know share mm-hmm. the significance of that, yes, um, and what a sort of liberating force that that is being and can be for more of us, mm-hmm. um, because corresponding to this whole law of balance, right? This idea of the law of universal balance: mm-hmm. you can't have dark without light, you can't have positive without negative. Right. Right. So, I mean, people like us choose to focus more on the positive and feed that side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's 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 affirming, I find it inspiring to see just how many amazing things are happening. Yeah. Um, and, but I don't think it's just, you know, like this whole idea that only just focus on the positive is not like that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's important to have the awareness, awareness, the awareness of what's going on in the world as dark as it may seem, mm-hmm. without actually getting sucked into that dark vortex. Yeah. And just observing it and, and trusting that we're heading to a different place and and, and knowing that we have the power to change mm-hmm. the world. Mm-hmm. Well, then there's a the whole idea, I find, you know, when you recognize that you're a spirit having a human experience, mm-hmm. that really lightens the load in a sense, <laughs> in that, you know, death is not some ultimate end. Right. So it doesn't really, I mean, it'll be sad when we pass and when we lose those that we love and um, when things change, there's a sadness and a grieving that needs to happen. But it's nothing to fear, right? It's nothing to fear to be paralyzed by or any of that stuff, right? Be aware of the dark, 
right? Know it, accept it, love it, even dare dare I say, um, <laughs> and uh, and then play sort of in the gray, right? That's good. Good getting back to um, kind of who we are and and this whole idea of how, relating and so on. The one thing that I have I, I hold is very um, important is is how to learn to be self-loving mm. and self-accepting. You know, because like if I'm going to do this and I don't really uh, I don't really know love and accept who I am. This is going to be really difficult because I don't. I'm not even showing who I am. Mm -hmm. This idea of authenticity is really important. But knowing myself, now I know what to be authentic with. Yeah. Who am I? Then I can. Oh, I'm, I, I know myself. I love myself to some degree. I accept everything that I am and have been. As just this is just a big learning curve here. Mm -hmm. Now I, I love and accept myself. Now I can share that. And when I share that with you, that now you can you can be encouraged to be in the same place. Mm -hmm. I'm okay, and I can learn to love myself and like that. Self love is why we're here. Yeah. Well, it seems like that's the root, mm -hmm. right? That's yeah. the root, um, and it goes so deep because I don't know about you, but I find for myself, you know, there's like layers of it, right? Yes, many. Yeah, um, and. You know, it can be easy in some sense to love and accept certain parts and then other parts that we think, oh, no, well, I can never accept that, right? For whatever reason, maybe we were taught that it's sinful when you were a child or maybe you were taught mm -hmm. that it's wrong or dirty or whatever bullshit was planted in your, you know, developing brain. Mm -hmm. That can take a, a lot of work, a lifetime almost, to overcome, right? This this is ingrained from when we were very young. We are taught mm -hmm. to, to beat up on ourselves and... Um, judge ourselves and, and be shame, you know, shame and guilt and all those. And this whole idea of, you know, you, you've made a mistake, oh my goodness, you know, you should be ashamed of yourself and all of this. The yeah, Mistakes are, are the way we're supposed to learn. Mm -hmm. You know, we put our hand on the fire, oh, I won't do that again. You know, I, I hurt this person, I won't do that again. That doesn't feel good. It's supposed to just be our, our gauge, right? Yeah. The whole idea of, of, of sinning itself if you take that back to the Greek derivation, it actually means to miss the mark, to make a mistake. Yeah. But, you know, like through our society and religion and so on and so forth, they've taken that and blown that up as to some some way that we should be beating up on ourselves even more. Yeah. And this is very sad. So, yes, there's a yeah. lot of layers ingrained from a very young age. Mm -hmm. And expectations, you know, you got 9 out of 10 on that test. Why didn't you get 10? Yeah. Uh oh. And then yeah, it's like okay, mm -hmm. I didn't. I'm not. I didn't get perfect. And then mom and dad retracted their love. Mm -hmm. That yes. must mean I'm not lovable. That's right. right? Always, always looking out there for that love, mm -hmm. and that goes right back to our parents. And we behave in order to receive that love from another person, rather than nurture the love within ourselves. And this is mm -hmm. this is what the real the real journey is about. Mm -hmm. It's kind of let, letting go of you know. The, who loves me out there? I don't need that. All these people to love me. I need to learn to truly accept and love myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, you know, we've been taught this through movies and you know, every every movies, religions. It's just yeah. it's ingrained it in everywhere. society, so it, it's yeah. uh, it's a lot to get over. It is. Mm -hmm. It is. Um, and it reminds me of a couple things. I mean, first of all, just 
the whole like power versus force concept, mm-hmm. right? David Hawkins mm-hmm. and how, uh, you know, shame and guilt are the lowest vibrations, right? The lowest energy levels. Yes. They just keep you locked in those addictive patterns, right? Mm-hmm. They don't serve us. It's just, it's uh, the most disempowering, right? To be in that state. It also reminds me of the way that I heard um, of the African bush people. Like mm-hmm. Essentially the eldest uh, continual human culture on the planet mm-hmm. that hasn't changed much, right? They still live in a hunter-gatherer sort of communal setting. Mm-hmm. And in that culture, it was so interesting because all the parents are required to do is love their children. Mm-hmm. All the discipline, all the teaching, all that comes from aunts, uncles, grandmother, grandfather, brothers, oh, sisters, yes. the whole mm-hmm. community. The whole community, right? Yes. But mom and dad are just a source of love, yeah. just a source mm-hmm. of support, which I thought was so beautiful. Profound. Yeah, it's like they had it figured out. Yeah. It's been figured out, right? Yeah. And what a difference that would make, right? Because so many of us spend our entire lives, we pursue these careers, we pursue these you know giant accomplishments, we want to build empires for our family's sake in a, in a large sense, right? Mm-hmm. To get that approval, to get that acceptance, to get that love. And uh, what a simpler way to be, what a more, you know, whole and human way to be, right? To have that from the foundation, Mm -hmm. always present, right? That you as an individual are always loved, always accepted. Sure, there's things you can learn along the way and, you know, you develop and grow and so forth. Mm -hmm. But, uh, But your value, your worth as a human is fundamental, right? Undeniable. Instead of having to try and lose that and trying to work for it, and it's this whole <laughs> things, are, things are pretty messed work up. Ethic. Yeah, pretty messed up. <laughs> it gets it gets really you know confusing yeah. and and dark and something that pops up for me here and this this whole idea of self love and it's, mm. you know it seems to be a, a complicated subject and, and keep speaking and there's lots of um, lots of wonderful teachers who teach about self love. Teal Swan comes to mind. Um, but people think it's, it's this great big monumental thing, but it doesn't have to be. It's like the whole idea is I've never learned to teach myself self-love. And that could be as simple as the choices that I make um, with what I eat, for instance. And, you know, like do mm. I choose the Mars bar or do I choose the apple? And what would love choose? Mm. Simple, simple things. And I teach myself to love myself mm. through all of my choices. Self-love. Self-love, um, very important. And I find that with my own work, right, for myself during my healing journey and then mm-hmm. working with clients, it's yeah. so much about that, right? Because people know intellectually what the right choice is most times, mm-hmm. right, between the Mars bar or the apple or between, you know, staying up and drinking or going to sleep and having a good rest. But if you don't care about yourself, then you're not going to make that choice. Yes. Right? So, so much about, you know, nutrition and healing in general is that that's the foundational piece, right? Well, the other thing is the semantics. I know you say making the right choice. Not the right choice, it's, but it's, a... It's a loving choice. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Wrong and right well, what, what, would, what would love choose in any circumstance? Mm. Not just the Mars bar, but what would love choose in... You know, in this in this relationship, or in being abused, and so on. You know, mm. Do I have healthy boundaries where I can 
I actually love myself enough that I can walk away from it mm. rather than just kind of stay tangled in it because I need this love from this other person, abusive yeah. as, as it is, right? Yeah. So it, 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 it's always about what would love do, what would love for myself do, mm. what would love choose for me. Mm. Mm. I like that. Yeah, but it's it's like it's a that. journey, and, and given that we've been fed so much crap around it all, we need to unlearn that and and then feed ourselves with love. Yeah, and the results are profound. They really are. It's it's coming alive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and it transcends all the stories mm-hmm. and all of the dogma, all of the past, whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It really, you know, it it really brings a practicality to the whole idea that love is all there is, yeah. right? Or that love is the, you know, the solution for all of our ails, right? Um, mm-hmm. And not always, and I mean, there's different kinds of love by, any, by all means. And I find even the word, because language is so tricky sometimes. Yeah, the language, word love is loaded. Yeah, yeah and, sure. and English is not the best language mm-hmm. in general. <laughs> um, right, so it's not just, you know, sappy, you know, romantic love, but it's, you know, hard love and it's, you know, uh, discerning love yeah. and sometimes hard choices love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh my God, I'm gonna, I gotta let this relationship go, and I'm gonna be all lonely, and it's gonna feel awful for a while. But yeah, but it's necessary for the bigger picture. That that is the true, the true growth and learning self love. Yes. What I find, I think there's a direct correlation here, right, between um, the lack of initiation from childhood to adulthood mm-hmm. and this lack of self-love. In a sense, because to choose to initiate a child, and whether you're looking, I mean, there's cultures across the world that have different ways of doing this, um, but you are essentially killing that child, right? And for the mothers of these children, if you've ever seen a video of them, you know, taking the kids off to their right of passage, those mothers are freaking out Right? Because that's their baby. You're taking my baby. They're freaking out. They're hitting the medicine people. They're attacking. They're like screaming, crying, bawling their eyes out. They're mm-hmm. grieving the loss of this child. Yes. Because they are losing this child. Correct. But they know that it's necessary. Right? And it's out of out of love that they allow that to happen because they know for the survival of their, their culture, for the survival of their community, they need to take these children and put them through this process to create a healthy human adult, yes. right? Something we don't have a lot of in our culture, right? True adults. I was talking with someone earlier today, and it's like, <laughs> we have a lot of grown-up kids, right? <laughs> that like to scream and put up a tantrum and, you know, play the victim. And yeah. it's uh, it's few and far between, but you meet someone who really holds that, you know, maturity and that wisdom and that experience um, that then can inform, you know, what does it mean to be a healthy human and what does it mean to have true culture, right? Um, And a sense of like ancestry that goes beyond, you know, you and I, Mm -hmm. but looking forward a few generations, right? What kind of world are we leaving for the unborn? Mm -hmm. Good question these days. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) One that I think one of my most informative or impactful teachers as of late, a guy named Stephen Jenkinson. I mm. believe I shared a little bit about this with you just in our calls and so forth, but Stephen Jenkinson, I can't recommend his stuff enough. And, um, you know, he talks about just that the emptiness of these times, right? And how if you can make your life 
right? Live the question and you'll find the answer, right? So if you can live the question of what am I leaving for future generations, mm. you'll find something worthwhile, yes. right? But you got to first take the time to really sit with that mm -hmm. and really feel into that and see, okay, what is, what's, what's going to be there, right? And how can I, in whatever small or big way, play a role? Well, more and more we're getting the indigenous cultures coming back and, and rising up like in the pipeline incidents in Dakota and all of that sort of thing. Mm. And there were indigenous peoples from all over the world gathered to stand together against that. And it's um, this is starting, you know, we're starting to get heard. Mm -hmm. And the, um, the corporatocracy's days are numbered. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like the veil, the veil has been pierced, right? The veil has been pierced, it's falling away. Yeah, and, and, there, and there's truth coming out all over the world about, you know, everything. You know, this is, the, everything is getting exposed so it can be swept away so that we can really step back into, you know, who we're supposed to be as a human race. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a bit of a clean slate. Yeah, clean slate. Mm -hmm. okay. I'm finding, you know, in, in our discussion, you know, we had mentioned that, um, you know, cryptocurrency. Mm -hmm. is one of these things, right? One of these tools, one of these developments that is sort of leveling the playing field, in a sense. It, it's it's kind of a silent revolution. It's a bloodless revolution. Mm -hmm. And it's uh, the more I've, del I've delved into cryptocurrencies for a few months now, and uh, I've studied them, and I've, I've invested in them, and I've turned them upside down and looked at them. And I also look at a lot of world politics and the financial system and so on and so forth. And the, um, a lot of people don't even have an awareness of what where the financial system is, how it works, how corrupt it is, going right back to the early 1900s. I mean, my parents grew up with a financial system that they didn't question. Mm -hmm. And so, of course, why would we? Well, once you actually understand how it's, um, how it's been conjured up and uh, so on and so forth, the point, the point being that the, the, the fiat system monetary system as it exists now is due to collapse and every you know there have been 600 fiat currencies in the world but you know more than 600 that have come and gone mm. and so you know these the, the point is that the you know the dollar in your hand this fiat currency uh, what does that really represent when you stop and think about it yeah there's, it's a piece of paper it's not gold backed it's not backed by anything it's really by money in the bank is just a bunch of digits yeah. sitting on a computer that is controlled by, you know, the banksters. Yeah, basically, part of the term. Yeah, um, no, it's but, this is, term. but this is this is the truth. So, so given that this system is is like the typical fiat currency system lasts thirty to 40, 30, 35 years. The U.S. dollar is over forty years mm -hmm. since they took it off the gold backing. It is way overdue to crash, and there's yeah. lots of things happening all over the world. And we'll go into details. But what do you do when, when the fiat system crashes? So the whole idea of cryptocurrencies is it gives us an option to head into a decentralized system that is controlled by you and I, mm. verified by what they call the blockchain, which is a series of 6,000 computers all over the world verifying transactions. Mm. So in other words, I can, I can you, know, you want to sell your bicycle, I electronically sent you a portion of a Bitcoin or an Ethereum or whatever cryptocurrency I'm using. Mm -hmm. You take that into your electronic wallet. 
and you give me the bicycle. Very simple. Mm-hmm. Um, people sending money, for instance, from from banks to, you know, I have a Guyanese friend and he sends money back home, you know, to his family there and so on and so forth. But sometimes these transactions going through the banks and the SWIFT system and all of that bureaucracy can take weeks. With this system here, I can, you know, take my Bitcoin or my Ethereum and send it to my brother in India or whatever. Bingo, bango, bongo, it's there. Mm-hmm. You don't need middlemen. We do not need these institutions to mm-hmm. control everything. Um, Bitcoin is a very unique, most people don't think, well, Bitcoin is just electronic currency, but so is what we have now, except that all we have now is debt. Every country, every municipality, every city is is just trillions of dollars in debt. All there is is debt anymore. Mm-hmm. And so the other interesting thing with Bitcoin, for instance, as opposed to the fiat currency system that exists now, with the dollars, we're talking about the U.S. mainly, but it's typical of most countries, mm-hmm. they can keep on printing money into oblivion. Yeah. Just that they, all they do is click the digits and away it goes. And the trouble is every time they do QE1, which is quantitative easing, all it is is money printing, QE2, mm-hmm. QE3. Now you have this volume of money, and what that does effectively is take away what your actual dollar is worth. Mm-hmm. So it's just basically stealing away from, anyway, it's hyperinflation and so on. Yeah. Bitcoin, there will only ever be 22 million, they call it mined or produced or created, which will happen probably somewhere in 2120, 2140 or something. But every, so the point is that there, there's a cap on the volume of Bitcoin ever to be produced. Mm-hmm. which is a huge advantage, as opposed to a fiat currency that can be printed into oblivion like it was in Weimar, Germany. You know, now you need your wheelbarrow full of dollars to, to buy a loaf of bread. What's happening in Venezuela right now with 1,600% inflation? Mm-hmm. And people think it can't happen here. This is the, people need to wake up to this. Yeah. With wonderful information, great videos on this, education. Mm-hmm. But the, the beautiful thing about cryptocurrencies is it's the soft landing when the, the fiat typical the current typical uh, fiat system is dying, it gives us a way to take our currencies into this other place that is now controlled by us, confirmed on the blockchain. And actually, blockchain is actually being adopted. Like Ethereum blockchain technology is being adopted by the banks and and, and all kinds of institutions all over the world. Mm-hmm. This is kind of like. Um, the way the internet was when it started, and people were kind of saying, I didn't understand it, and didn't know it's going to be around, what do you do with it, and all of this. So it's very important for people to, to look into this, because this, this is happening. Mm-hmm. By next February or so, you know, early next year, you're going to see this being used a lot. You know, people have apps on their phones, and they'll go into a store to buy something, and they'll, they'll, they'll just pay with their portion of a Bitcoin it's all divisible. You can break it into satoshis and mm-hmm. uh, you know increments, and it's it, it's an amazing system. Mm-hmm. The beautiful part is because it's supported by the blockchain. That is a total verification system. I don't need need my bank to verify any funds and so on and so forth. The blockchain itself, all of these computers, does it all through mathematical formulas all the time. Mm-hmm. So this verification system is also being applied to. You know, real estate and, and, and musicians, how they get paid their royalties and the applications Everything. are endless. Yeah. This is the this is the wild west, but this is the future. 
Yeah. This is really worth paying attention to. Mm -hmm. And I have friends that are doing it in sort of the healthcare space, mm -hmm. right? For patient records and yeah. like biometrics and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> So it's coming in so a big way. Here, yeah. It's here, yeah. It's here and it's only getting more and more prevalent. The, the interesting thing is right now, uh, it has taken kind of eight years for Bitcoin um, for the awareness of the average person to even know what a cryptocurrency is or Bitcoin and so on and so forth. It took eight years. Mm. And right now we're at like one and a half percent awareness in the world mm. of people who actually know what it is. So it's taken eight years to get there. It'll take eight months for us to get from one and a half to three percent. It'll take eight weeks to go from three percent to ten percent. So this will, when this passes on, the the adoption is just going to be astronomical. It'll just mm -hmm. take over, yeah. mm -hmm. which is beautiful. We're disempowering the banksters. This is the this is the revolution. We don't need blood on the streets. Yeah, <laughs> and I really see it as you know, sort of the. Uh, the economic uh, arm, as it were, of what I perceive as sort of the wellness revolution, mm -hmm. right? Which is this getting back to health and vitality and na natural principles and community yeah. and all that stuff, which takes money, right? It takes resources to do all that stuff. Yes. And I have a lot of friends, you know, that are more in sort of the hippie mind frame, mm -hmm. right? They're getting more and more business savvy, more entrepreneurial, Mm -hmm. I think many of us are. We have to just to survive and get through. Food in the table. Yeah, mm -hmm. um, and I, I really see this as being a big part, a big potential part of that, mm -hmm. right? To help empower these early adopters um, to be more, uh, better positioned, yes, in a sense, and better equipped to really make the changes happen that we want to make happen. Mm -hmm. Well, the other part, the other beautiful part of the revolution is like, you don't have, you have the corporatocracy. It's all the governments and the corporations are all in bed together. Mm -hmm. But how do you, how do you disempower Monsanto? How do you disempower, you know, these entities that are controlling the world? Mm -hmm. You take their funds away. Yeah. How do you do that? Well, you move your funds into cryptocurrencies and that's decentralized. They can't get a hold of that. Mm -hmm. This is controlled by you and I. Yeah. Well, it reminds me of, you know, the Buckminster Fuller quote, mm -hmm. right? That rather than fight the problem, create a solution that renders the old way obsolete. Right. Right? Yes. Which also ties into something that I wanted to talk about, <laughs> which was... Buckyballs. Yeah, buckyballs <laughs> and, and uh, shungite yes. and, oh, man, you know, so that much. interesting so vial much. of liquids that you yeah. got in there. Yes. Um, so along my, my, all of my study around uh, nutrition and health and wellness, it's just, it just keeps on expanding and expanding. And, um, you know, I started drinking green smoothies, you know, eight or ten years ago and, you know, lost 15 pounds in three months just... Adding them to my diet. Oh, well, this, the enzymes. Oh, all of a sudden my body's getting enzymes and I'm digesting my food properly and all this. And it just kind of, and that was before I even cut carbs out of my diet. And uh, so it just keeps on getting better. But I, I discovered these things like, uh, well, two things. There was one was ProTandem, this amazing product, which is mm. five herbs. And it's all scientifically proven. And what it does is actually go in and uh, release a, an NRF2 factor in the cell, which goes into your genome and actually down-regulates all of your over-regulated over genes and over-expressed genes and up-regulates all the ones that are under-expressed, basically resets your, 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 your genome. At the same time, gets your cells to produce millions of enzymes per second. So it totally mm -hmm. detoxes, resets your genome from all of these 
um, you know, all the toxins and so on that we ingest in yeah, yeah. food, water, the air, and so on and so forth. Yeah. And then, so I thought that was fascinating. But then I recently did a lot of uh, research on this product, on this element called shungite, which comes out of Russia. It's It comes out of some asteroid that hit the Earth millions of years ago. And it's the purest, this C60 carbon is the purest form of carbon. And it is it is unique because it is, it is, um, it's a round uh, element, and it, it actually inspired Buckminster Fuller to create the geodesic dome. That's the same kind of structure, but it has amazing properties as far as detoxing goes. Mm-hmm. It's, it absorbs heavy metals and fluorine and chloride and mercury and all of this sort of thing, and helps the body detox. the The studies on it are fascinating. Um, it's only been studied for the last twenty or so years, but they find that. In parts of the world where people are living to 120, 140 years old and staying healthy, they just happen to be drinking this water that you know is, is flowing from the glacier through this shungite, and they're actually drinking it in the water. They did a rat study, which was fascinating. So they took uh, two two groups of rats, control group, and then one that they uh, they injected with shungite, I believe, with olive oil, might have been with water. I'm not sure. And uh, so. These these two groups of rats, and they, they, you know, after two years, the control group of rats is dying because that's their normal lifespan. And they cut them open and kind of said, okay, what are they dying from? And it was all inflammatory diseases, the same as humans have, right? Mm-hmm. Heart disease and liver disease and all this, all the inflammation. The other group of rats that they kept feeding the shungite to lived, I think, almost twice as long. And when they cut them open, they were all their their organs were fine. They had no inflammation. They just died of old age. Finally, organ failure, and a lot of them they, they killed them because they just wanted the, the they just they wanted the study to be over with. They wanted to get paid for it. So who knows how long they they, they could have lived? Yeah. So I, I'm paying special attention to this. One of my um, one of my guru guys, who's the smartest man in the world, Cliff High, mm. uh, has been talking about it recently. Um, and he's actually been taking it for 19 months um, in, in a solution of olive oil. And uh, he has a chronic liver condition. He's 64 years old, has a chronic liver condition that he says he would have died from like this year had he not discovered this. Mm. So it's, it's got amazing healing properties. It all, Shungite also, Piece of yeah, you're going to hold it up. Those yeah. are watching so this the video. Is, this, watching is, the video this is what it looks like. This, this happens to be a, uh, in this particular form. But it also has uh, amazing uh, anti-EMF shielding mm. capabilities. Um, you can get it and use it in your water. If you put it in, if you put it in your water, pour your water and leave it for 24 hours. Um, it take, there again, it takes out the heavy metals and all the nasties. You know, great way to purify water. So this is this is a pretty unique substance that is very special. Mm-hmm. So I, I con- continuously kind of learning more about it. Yeah, yeah, and you're the first to introduce me to the idea mm-hmm. of actually consuming it, mm-hmm. right? Because I was familiar with the EMF protection. Yeah. I was familiar with the water filtration. Yeah. But I had never thought to actually, <laughs> you know, ingest it. Yeah. Um, but it makes sense that it would, at the very least, you know, be harmless. Mm-hmm. Right, because oh, it's yeah. just carbon. Well, the the whole rat study was all about the whole focus of it. Okay, there's this stuff here. You know, what what dose is it toxic? Mm. And of course, the more more they fed them, you know, the, the healthier they were. And then they, you know, in the second part of the study, 
they, yeah, well, well, this isn't killing them, and they started to feed them all sorts of nasty chemicals and all sorts of things, apparently, which still didn't affect them. Mm-hmm. So it protects the cells. You know, this is this is what life is made of. This this basic carbon atom mm-hmm. is the source of life. And there's there's you know, if you go back into you know thousands of years old into China and these ancient cultures, where you know there's stories of people living extreme ages. Uh, in some cultures, like in China, they didn't even consider a man to become grown up until he was 80 years old. Wow. So this whole idea of elder, you know, I got another 11 years to go here before I can really become an elder, right? Mm. You know, so there's, 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 there's a lot that we, we have to learn, and it's so important to just stay open-minded and, and just get curious about everything. Mm. You know, this, this is an incredible journey. The whole journey about learning about minerals and trace elements in our diet and how we're void of them and how it's keeping us ill. That's, that's profound. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a very simple concept. But we're not, almost every person is eating a North American diet, or most diets in the world, are void of minerals and trace elements. Mm-hmm. Because, it's very simple, because you can only take minerals and trace elements out of the ground. The plant cannot produce them. The plant can produce lots of other things through photosynthesis and what it does, but it cannot produce minerals and trace elements. Mm-hmm. The soil that our plants are grown in has been void of trace elements for decades. There's articles going back in, in U.S. newspapers going back to the 1940s saying our soil is depleted. Mm-hmm. If you go back to some of the most long-lived cultures in the world, there's actually a study done by Dr. Joel Wallach, and um, he, he, he kind of did a study on all of these, um, you know, remote cultures that were still, like, living a long, long time and stayed healthy and so on. But what they did was they, 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 cooked, they, they cooked over an open fire and they burned wood, mm. you know, or whatever. And they, they cooked their food. What did they do with the ashes? They put it back in the soil that they grew their plants with. Mm. What are ashes? They're minerals and trace elements. So with our modern farming techniques, we use potassium, nitrogen, phosphorus to make them look wonderful, but they're really void mm. of nutrition in this regard. Yeah. The quick snippet of, like, okay, so what, um, is like, for instance, uh, you know, say take an element like iodine, that there again has to come out of the soil. Mm-hmm. And if we're, if we're short of iodine, and iodine protects not just our thyroid, but all of our organs... So if we don't get enough iodine, our iodine receptor in the cell is open, right? It's just sitting there. Mm-hmm. So what comes along to fill that void if we're not getting iodine? If you look at the periodic table, right, what's next to it? Chlorine, fluorine, and bromine. So any of those elements will come along, now fill that cell receptor, mm-hmm. And that's not a good thing. Yeah, that's not functional iodine. It's, it's not it's not really a very good thing at all. No. So so given that we have like seventy or ninety essential minerals and trace elements that we should be getting, mm-hmm. you know, how many other receptors are open to all of the extraneous stuff in our that we're ingesting and breathing and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. So how do you do that? You know, ideally, from my perspective, you get plant-based minerals. Um, if you take calcium as a rock, your body's going to kind of see it as a rock, probably. If you get calcium that comes out of a plant source, it sees it as food. Mm-hmm. Uh, one company that I, the, the vitamins that I use, are made by Longevity, 
And what they do is actually dig up prehistoric shale, which is the way the earth was millions of years ago with all of its plants just kind of sitting there and all yeah. the minerals. Decomposed they, they and dig concentrated. It up. Yeah. And yeah, it's just, it's just sitting there in a natural state. And then they leach out the minerals and then put it in the vitamin supplement. So now you're getting the complete spectrum of minerals and trace elements the way they existed on the earth a long, long time ago in a plant-based form. Mm. Now they're absorbable. And I can attest, you know, I've been taking these vitamins for, you know, 10 years as well. So the combination of the smoothies and the vitamins and, and everything else has left me pretty good, you know. Mm -hmm. I'm more flexible than most 25-year-olds when I fold up in yoga. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I have good stamina and my mental acuity is there. So mm -hmm. I'm kind of the walking proof that all of this works. And it's not just yeah. one thing, you know. You can't do just one thing. Yeah. No, there's no silver bullets, right? Mm -hmm. But there is a lifestyle. Yes. Right. And that's what it's all about is, is, is living that, right? Yeah. Showing that, mm -hmm. being that, yeah. broadcasting that energy <laughs> and then having people so, you know, drawn to it because they're like, oh, there's something going, something <laughs> different about this Bruce character, right? <laughs> and they get curious. Mm -hmm. And then you can inform them saying, yeah, I'm do this, I do yes. this, I do this. Um, and over time, you know, we start to build that into our way of being. It becomes our new normal. And next thing you know, life is a whole lot better and more energized and more vital than it ever has been. Well, at 69 years old, in spite of all the stuff, you know, my, my wife's dementia and she died a year ago and all of the, you know, the horrible things that we go through in life, my life is more, is richer and more interesting than it's ever been. And this mm -hmm. is amazing. I'm just, I just have to pinch myself every day, kind of, you know, shake my head. Mm. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it's possible. Yeah, and quite easily attainable if we approach all of this with an element of self-love. Yes, in mm. openness, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, curiosity. Curiosity. Oh, get curious because everything you've taught is all. I know that sounds really awful and nasty and really big. Yeah, but we've we've been we've been mistaught many many things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. including you know to not be curious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't question, right? Yep. Do as you're told. Yep. Be a good worker. This is the truth. You read this book. You memorize this book. This is the truth. And luckily, you know, we're waking up to, you know, more curious people, which is great. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. There's so many things. <laughs> so many things. So many things. So many things. Um, which is, you know, it's what keeps things interesting, right? It keeps yeah. us engaged, right? Mm -hmm. There's always that next thing to, to explore and to get to. Um, and, uh, you know, it's like how, how well can we be, right? How connected can we be? How um, empowered can we be, right? How free can we be to, to create and to commune and to um, enjoy, like to play, I love play. what uh, I love what mm -hmm. um, Don Miguel Ruiz, the mm -hmm. author, talks about um, that you know, and this is like Toltec wisdom, right? That we're here to play and have fun, mm -hmm. right? We're here as primary objectives, um, and it's just funny that our culture seems to think play is you know relegated just to little kids. And you get past a certain age, and suddenly you can't do that anymore. Yeah. And uh, you got to grow up and be serious and uh, be a professional. And um, 
it's such an essential element, right? I almost see it as like another vitamin, right? We've got like all of our, you know, nutritional things we need, mm -hmm. but we also need things like community, yes. right? And we need things like play um, in order to really, you know, stay learning and stay engaged mm -hmm. and have fun, yeah. right? Keep things interesting. But even the thing around play, and I mean, that's, that's a huge... A huge button for me because uh, mm. I remember when I was a kid, it was like, "Oh, go play," you know. Oh, but don't be too noisy, and you know, don't be too long, and you know, you know, always control. And if and if, if you were too noisy, I'd get yelled at. Mm. So I was taught very early, you know, it's it's okay to have fun, but you you gotta only in this not particular really, it's way. Not really fun, you know. Yeah. When when I go to ecstatic dance now, that's fun. Yeah. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. So I'm, 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 at my age, I'm learning to have fun. Isn't that sad? Mm. Sad and beautiful. Sad and beautiful. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. No, it's exactly because it's like, you know, how many of us were actually allowed to explore without boundary? Yes. Right? Um, not to say that you should be like unsafe or, you know, dangerous, well, yeah. right? But yeah. to, to have that, that freedom. Right to to really you know push the push the envelope and sure. and express right self expression mm -hmm. um, and being fully expressed is something that I'm finding is is another one of these essential factors right mm -hmm. because we all have something to share we all have something to give or to create Honor, honoring our gifts yes. yeah honoring and putting that gifts. out right yes. putting that out mm -hmm. um, and being of service in that way right in whatever way that is. Um, and yeah, finding the, the the safety or the permission, right, to really let loose, yes. to really let loose, mm -hmm. um, well, let me out. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, to really be mm -hmm. seen, right. And it's funny because it's like the things we all want the most and need the most, you know, to be seen, to be acknowledged, to be accepted. These fundamental human needs are often the thing we're most afraid to really be vulnerable into right to really to really soften into to open up into because there's a bit of risk right there's always a risk but when you actually do open up when you actually do and in the right space with the yes, right key course right in the right context yes um then you're met with this beautiful sort of reflection of like oh i see you because i know what it's like to be there and i can honor that and i can I can appreciate, you know, what it is you're sharing. This is where we truly connect, is in the state where I can truly share with you my vulnerability and my mm. pain and all of it. Mm. And know that that's in a safe space. This is this is true connection. Mm. You know, I've, I've known people for, you know, month, you know, a long time, and, and I don't really get to know them until they go through some crisis and they say, I need to start crying somebody's shoulder, I need to let this out. And, and then, then we start to connect. Mm. You know, otherwise we're just kind of going along. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> yeah. There's a lovely an acronym for fine too. But <laughs> well, I think it's what fearful, insecure, neurotic, and emotion. No, not emotional no. or exhausted or something. I don't it's, know. Like, you know, it's, it's a great an acronym anyway. Yeah. Yeah. You know, fine is nonsense. Yeah. So you know, it's it's so, and you know, we we still need to go out and function in our jobs and deal with people and customers and all of whatever we do in life. Mm -hmm. And there we need our healthy boundaries. You yep. know, and a little bit of a face, that's absolutely fine. Yep. But to having people in our lives that we can truly open up and connect with, that's where the magic happens. Mm -hmm. That's where the magic happens.
And that's where I see one of the sort of overarching themes of this podcast, right? This whole mission that I'm on is to help birth a global tribe, right? Of people like us that can speak this language and that can open up and that can let loose and, and love ourselves and love each other. And it's when you find your people, right? You find those communities, you find those pockets, you find those gatherings, right? Of people that are your tribe or your, um, you know, like-minded, like-hearted mm. people. Yeah. And uh, to me, that's one of the most important things we can do, right? At this point in time, especially as the intensity gets cranked up on planetary evolution. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we need each other, right? We really need each other. It's time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. We could talk for hours. Oh yeah, and we have well, at times. Yeah, well, yeah. but I'll begin. I'll begin to wrap up here um, with a couple questions I like to close with. Sure. Number one, you know, our culture talks a lot about you know what's the next thing, what's the next thing to buy, what's the next thing to do. Addition, 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 addition. I like to ask people, what's one thing you are either currently or recently have let go of? Hmm. Are you talking what's physical? In, in any context you like. Letting go, oh boy. Any context you like. I'm, I'm letting go of the idea that I was educated by the system. Mm. And I'm embracing my curiosity and... And the, the non-mainstream stuff, you know, my, my awareness around kind of waking up to the world is waking up to the corporatocracy and how, um, how controlled the media is, the mainstream media. The beautiful part now is we have this internet with so many beautiful, genuine resources that we can truly research and find out what's going on. Mm -hmm. And there again, through that medium, we're disempowering the people who are trying to control us, which is wonderful. Waking up to the fact that we're that controlled. Mm -hmm. Pretty big, pretty big issue. It's a big pill to swallow. <laughs> right? Yeah, better little bits, little pills at a time. Yeah. It can be overwhelming for a lot of people. When you actually start to look at it all, it's it's pretty uh, mm -hmm. it can be pretty scary at first. Yeah. But without that knowledge, you know, it's like we can't kind of say, Okay, I see that and I should I'm gonna I'm choosing something else. You know, and then see what else is available for us to truly educate ourselves, learn to trust in our intuition and our own intelligence and our, you know, our own knowing and, and mm -hmm. all of it. You know, to become empowered completely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that so, inner knowing, that inner knowing and intuition. Mm -hmm. Something I've been working with a lot lately mm -hmm. is like, because I'm a very sensitive individual. But I can also be very calloused and very cold and very disconnected, mm. right? But if I really take the time to slow down and breathe and feel, my body tells me, <laughs> right? My body, my, my heart tells Learning me what... to listen to this, yes. Yeah, mm. yeah. Um, so we're, we're all very intuitive, but we're, we've been kind of dumbed down, you know, because yeah. we, we let the kind of head get in the way too much. Precisely. Really too much thinking and not enough meditative heart work. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. It's all part of the process. The yes. reawakening of the heart's wisdom. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. I love it. I love it. And then another question I'd like to, to wrap with mm -hmm. is, and I mean, we've already touched on a bunch of these things, but three resources 
or teachers or teachings mm-hmm. um, that have either been very like impactful along your own journey mm-hmm. um, or that you know you would recommend to folks you know people who have listened through to this mm-hmm. that are interested in these concepts you know three things you could sort of direct people mm-hmm. towards for further study immersion and so forth so I was um, when I um when I, when I was going through, you know, the rough stuff with the family and so on, I was really going through my rough stuff and I, I was looking for some sort of a, a support or some sort of a meaning to all of this or what's it all about. Uh, Wayne Dyer was a huge influence. Uh, he's a wonderful teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, Eckhart Tolle, um, certainly about presence and, and really, he's a profound teacher. Uh, interestingly enough, Neil Donald Walsh, um, Conversations with God was an amazing series, an amazing book. Mm-hmm. Because for me, it, um, I grew up in a, a very kind of religious atmosphere. My, my father was always involved with the church, mm-hmm. and I was the choir master's son, so I was always involved in it. And, and the Baptist church and the Anglican church, a lot very confusing. I never related to, related to it. But what Neil Donald Walsh, through this uh, book, offered me was... I can separate out religion and spirituality. Mm. I, I, I don't need to kind of give up on my spirituality and flush it down the toilet of the church. This could be a separate entity. It's non-denominational. This is just, it just becomes a spiritual journey then that isn't really attached to any organization. Mm-hmm. So that was very freeing. Mm-hmm. Along the way, Teal Swan is an amazing teacher. She's, she's profound. She's got YouTube videos on just about every subject. And um, and she's been she's been an incredible influence, and I, people like this I look at what what have they been to? Teal Swan came out of the ashes of a horrible existence to become this very spiritual teacher, and she's a very good teacher. Mm. Yes. But everyone really, you know, Teal Swan may may speak with me speak to me right now. She does next year to one person you resonate. You need mm-hmm. to kind of see what pops up. I used to walk into chapters. And kind of that was the time I was driving off in the country to my new career, and I had lots of time in the car to listen to books on on disc. And I just go in there and I just go to the shelf, and there'd be one that just oh, that's it. Just pay attention. It's like um, I, I walk through life now, letting go of my mind, trying to figure out where I should be, mm. and to figure it all out. Let go of that and kind of say, okay, universe, just help me to recognize the next person who's going to come into my path that I'm supposed to pay attention to, the next book that, oh, jumps off the shelf, the next situation. And because it's like giving giving up on kind of thinking, thinking that I know where I'm supposed to be going and really opening up to what is my path and getting curious mm-hmm. about it and open up to it. That's really what it's all about. So everyone should just really pay attention to what speaks to them. Mm. Pay attention to what what resonates. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That inner guidance. And life becomes way more interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> a lot easier in a sense, right? Yeah, it's a struggle. Yeah, it's letting it's letting Surrender. go trying to control. Thinking letting the thinking control. Yeah. Or thinking that your thinking can control, <laughs> can control yes. right? That whole yes. illusion. Kind of giving it up to a higher power, you know, the universe, call it whatever you will. It's, it's a, it becomes a very, well, it's a more, it's a richer journey. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Okay, my brother. Thank you, Brian. Thank you. <laughs> I just want to take a second to just acknowledge you, right, mm-hmm. for 
the man you are, the friend you've been, the teacher you are, you know, this mm. curious, playful force moving through the world, <laughs> shaking it up, keeping mm. things interesting. Mm. And it's been a pleasure to uh, you know to get to know you over these past years and yes. spend more time. And mm. I look forward to many more. Well, thank you for your presence in my life, and you made a profound difference to me, and 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 encouraged me to kind of actually end up in a place where I'm doing my first first podcast. You know, this is mm. uh, you know it's kind of one thing to have all of this whatever it is I have, and it's another thing to want to get it out there. How do I do that? So thank you for this opportunity to to express myself. I truly appreciate it. My pleasure. Mm. My pleasure. Mm. Thank you. Thank you thank for you. watching or listening. Mm -hmm. um, you'll be able to find all the show notes for this episode over at brianhardy.ca forward slash Bruce, where I'll have links to books we mentioned, websites, some of the crypto stuff, all the stuff we mentioned uh, will be linked up there. And uh, what else? What else? I think that's about... Okay, so the other thing I'd like to mention is that, yeah. like, I'm, I'm, I'm at a stage in my life where I've, I've accumulated a lot of knowledge and so on, mostly through the, my graduation from the University of YouTube. Yeah, yeah. And it's like I'm self-educated, and but there's, there's a lot of really cool stuff I picked up along the way. So yeah. I, I would love to have a venue to share more of this. I would mm. do kind of life coaching one-on-one, -on -one, dietary issues, all of that sort of thing. Stuff you know, you've already done in the past. Stuff I've done in the past, yeah. but I, I would love to open the door to more of that. So if, if there's anyone mm. out there who, who is interested, you know, please include my contact in, information. Well, and so what's the best way? I know you're on Facebook. Uh, Bruce, Bruce Bray on Facebook is, is perfect. Or, yeah. Um, you, you know, want to give an email address? My email address on there is colinbray at rogers.com. You can okay. include that in your... In the notes? Yep, in the notes would be great. Thank you. Yeah. So let's, yeah, no, uh, you... let's see what the universe uh, lands in front of me. Yeah, I'd <laughs> like to see something, something beautiful, I imagine. Mm. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Thank you, Brian. My pleasure. <laughs> My pleasure. I believe there's some pie and some coconut. Uh, oh, no, no. What we're having, well, actually, what we what we're having for dessert, we had the main course, which yeah. was wonderful. We had some wild edibles and and uh, green smoothie from heaven. Yeah. And so for dessert, I made up a rhubarb strawberry um, kind of a mixture, and we're going to have coconut yogurt on top of that, which I like. Okay. Yeah. Sign so. me up. <laughs> okay. We have to. We have to get busy enjoying that dessert. Mm -hmm. Thank you for listening, and keep redefining reality. Peace. Mm -hmm. Thank you for listening, my friends. You know what to do. If you appreciated this episode, head on over to iTunes. Give this a podcast a subscription a rating, and a review. It helps so much with getting more people to find the show, to tune into the show, and to potentially change their lives because of the information and the guests that we have on. So that would be so much appreciated. Until next time, love your life and keep redefining reality. Give what you can Even if your allies draw lines in the sand And dig Always dig a little deeper Sometimes it's hard to be my brother's keeper Love So you let love in 
Baby, I am home in the wake of your skin And it's crazy how we wear our ceremony Always be open to your path and your journey Yes, she cradles my loneliness A home in a forest nest Universal test Feel the weight of my love Put your hand on my chest and rest In the cradle of my arms The battle that we face is a place where our scars come from And to pick up the gun My love, we are destined to teach these ones To be brave and never run away Courage is birth from the womb On the first light of day Yeah, the day you were born You came out perfect Never meant to be torn in silence Never been so loud in the violence Never been so proud of our people When we're fighting for a change Not afraid to lose it all Despite all the rage We are animals And we cannot be caged Provoke us to fight So we burn a little sage And write poetry Wiser than the enemy will ever be The minority And authority Are you here to protect or arrest me? I can't tolerate the hate And I'm losing sleep Can't breathe Cause they're choking out a war in me Immorality Yeah Love letters to God she raised them or if they get lost in the stars stars and the stars yeah. so many parts to a heavy heart if there's no beginning then where would you start 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 Searching for a certain goal A pattern of physics arose Don't believe how you're told And open, open up your fist A misconception you can fight like this And praise with the power of prayer Of God's on our side We can take the stairs to the heavens Flipping through my chapter 7 I live with the snakes and the great deception No court in this country for men Who steal from the mother on paper with pen And we're tripping down a red dirt road and we're asking is this the way we should go kissing soft top feet of my goddess we walk the earth 